Welcome back to the Sports Hour. This is the human motorcycle, Mitch Mo, <laughs> And this is the Mormon who is now attempting to find a different name to go by since uh, my church came out and said that we're not using Mormon anymore. Uh, but anywho. Stick <laughs> with Mormon. I, <laughs> Mitch, I, uh, that was cool. I was not, I was just wondering where that was going, but. Uh, Needed to add a little spice. <laughs> <laughs> to today's serving of the whoa welcome so yeah yeah uh, i love it i love mixing it up that is yeah. uh that, that is great well yeah another uh another episode of the sports hour here with you guys uh it's a pleasure it's always it's always a pleasure today uh today we got some fun fun topics to talk about we'll be continuing to talk about this upcoming nfl season and we will be doing an nfl Award predictions. Uh, so we'll be going through most of, actually probably all of the major awards. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie, Defensive Rookie, Comeback Player, and Coach of the Year. And giving our predictions as to who will be receiving those awards, awards at the end of this season. Uh, so we're what? I think I heard, uh, we're, we're not even, what is it? Today's Wednesday the 29th, we are eight days away from the start of this NFL season. Oh, Next Thursday is so Eagles excited. Falcons. That is amazing. That is amazing. When we record oh, next week, excited. we will be week one of the NFL season. We'll be, we'll be there. We'll be ready for it. I'm, I'm right. so stoked. We will be <laughs> on the eve of kickoff, and I could not be more excited about that. Yeah, when, when we're out here watching preseason close. games – like like I what, what game did I watch last week? It was it was the Bengals and Bills, and it was terrible. But I still watched oh, it. Preseason's awful. I still watched it because I'm just so ready. I'm so ready for football. I was telling Caitlin, she's mad. Caitlin hates when it's football season because all Sunday is spent with football on our TV. She hates it. She's she's like I I is football starting. Oh, I hate when football season is. But I'm excited. Because right. my Panthers play the Cowboys week one, and they'll be aired on Fox nationwide. So I'll actually be able to watch my team play, which is a rare thing. It's very rare for me to be able to watch the Panthers play over here in Utah. So I, I get to watch them week one. So I'm, I'm ready to go. I, 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 and I know, Mitch, you can, you, can, uh, you can say the same. Yeah, I'm excited about the Bears. Can, can I... Is that really a valid statement? Yeah, no. I, I'm excited I, about the I'm Bears. I'm excited about I the think, Bears. I, I think I'm excited about the Bears. <laughs> um, they open up against the Packers, so I don't know if I'm too excited about that one. Yeah. Because um, there's always the potential when you're playing the Packers to have your defense just torn to pieces. <laughs> right. So, Aaron Rodgers, the um, magician, you know. But Bears-Packers is always a fun matchup oh, yeah. to watch. Oh, yeah. So, is that in Chicago uh, or is that in Green Bay? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? I'm, I'm just, just kidding. I don't know right? where the Panthers play week know. one. Not that it, I mean, it kind of matters. It might, I think it might be in Green Bay. Okay, it might be there in Green you go. Bay. Starting off the season in Lambeau, that's good. Caitlin just texted me and said that she could hear me talking crap about her. 
So <laughs> I just wanted, just wanted to mention that to everybody. Get used to it, Dallin. It's football season. <laughs> yeah, I told her. I mean, it is what it is. This is just this is just what happens. And now that I do a sports podcast yeah. and I'm going to school for sports casting, it's practically my job to watch sports. I, I, you know, I, I have to be able to watch games to, to know what I'm talking about. So I'm treating it like it's my job. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how. It's my com- job. We'll- it's my job to watch football yeah, every Sunday. I don't think she's convinced of that, but we'll, I'm working on. <laughs> I'm working on it. So yeah, like I said, <laughs> uh, predicting NFL awards. We'll be talking about some of the news, uh, sports news this week. We have quite a few contracts and trades to talk about, so that'll be fun. And another top five list. A list this time that Mitch and I will both be participating in. Which which will, That's right. which will be fun. I think you guys are going to love this. We've been wanting to do this one for about a month, but we've been waiting for the right episode to have enough time to get into this. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It's well, I mean, we had too much to talk about in the previous episodes. So I hope you guys have downloaded and listened to those. We had some great guests. Yeah, on all two hours of um, them. <laughs> yeah, I know it might be a little late for your fantasy football draft now, but in case you haven't drafted yet, go go back, check it out. We did another mock draft last week with Tanner Pacini, the Italian stallion, and the brain Brecken Pacini. So make sure to go back and check that one out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then the Megasode, obviously the NFL preview. Uh, so be sure to check that episode out before we get into this uh, new season. So you got eight days, or by the time you listen to this, like hit. six. Yeah. So I mean, six or seven. Yeah. So I mean, you can get on this if you haven't if you haven't checked it out. So. Uh, yeah, we're excited to be here with you guys. We got a lot of great content coming up, so stick around and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We got some news to talk about first before we get into our top five and our NFL awards predictions. We have a retirement to announce. We have a trade to announce, and we have a contract extension to announce. Lots of stuff going on. Dallin, why don't you talk about the retirement yeah, has happened. yeah, absolutely. The only bit of non-NFL news that we have is uh, Manu Ginobili uh, retires after 16 seasons, all with the Spurs. He won four titles, was a two-time All-Star, one of the greatest European players in the NBA of all time, uh, and, and probably most definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's kind of, you know, growing up for me, I hated the Spurs. I, I hated the Spurs. Because they were the biggest competition, the biggest competition to the Lakers in the West throughout my childhood, even during the three P and then beyond. It was always, I felt like every year we were playing the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals, and they played so slow. It was so boring to watch. I hated watching the Lakers play the Spurs just because the style of the of the way that they played made it so like oh, yeah. unentertaining. Um, and there's some great moments between those teams. And now that Ginobili retires, this big three, this this foundation of Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan is all gone. 
It is gone. Tony Parker, as if you don't know, signed uh, with the Charlotte Hornets this summer. So he didn't retire, but he's not playing for the Spurs anymore. Duncan he probably should be retired by now. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he probably play one more season and then call it good. But yeah, so those three, that foundation for the Spurs that existed for 15 years is is now gone completely. Um, and it's kind of bittersweet. As much as I never liked the Spurs, it, it, I mean, that's, that was an era. That was iconic, I guess, for, for us growing up as basketball fans. Uh, so sad to see him go, but, but I mean, he had a great career. Um, like I said, definitely a Hall of Famer. And uh, it's a, so it's, it's fun to celebrate him and, and what he brought to the, to the league. Yeah. Um, it, you could just see, though, you could see over the last year how far he was deteriorating. Um, just like his hairline, um, and <laughs> Josh said it shots. I love it. Man. Sorry, uh, but the man was bald. The man is bald. Um, no, yeah, he was just. I mean, you You're could tell absolutely it, right. age was catching up with him a little bit. He wasn't able, and we're, they're playing a much faster style of basketball nowadays. And mm-hmm. I mean, he played 16 years in a system that slows down the pace of the game. So. Um, it, it was yeah. hard for him to keep up with much of stuff. He still did his job and he did fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, he knew when to call it quits and good on him. Yeah, absolutely. We also, uh, I didn't have this written down until we just, uh, started this, but I did want to mention Eric Decker also retired. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. the NFL after eight seasons. Uh, he played with, I think the Colts, the Titans, and the Broncos, uh, the Broncos and then signed with the Patriots like two weeks ago and then called it quits. I, I, the same idea with him. He would just physically was not able to compete, not able to perform at the at high enough level. And so they decided it was time rule. to call it. I think there's quits a rule and, about how many white wide receivers a team can have. Cause the Pats would have had like three it. of them. So <laughs> Belichick was like, we got too many white guys and he loves his white receivers. Oh, don't, yeah. I don't, Chris I mean, don't, Hogan, Julie don't, don't get that Wes, twisted. Wes Welker. But, he just wanted another one. Uh, yeah, I mean Amendola, classics, classics. Yeah, yeah I mean it's all, all the great, uh, all the great Pats receivers are all white guys. But yeah, yeah so I mean he had a, he had a solid career, solid uh, solid career. But but called it called it quits last week. I I think was when he announced. Yep. So, um, the next bit of news we have is, and this was as of I think uh, two days ago, maybe a day ago, two days ago. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. finally got his contract extension that he's been waiting for uh it is a five-year 95 million dollar contract extension with 65 million in guaranteed which is the highest contract for a wide receiver in nfl history makes him the highest paid wide receiver in the nfl um and mitch i'll ask you what are your thoughts do you think that he deserves that amount of money i mean he's making about 20 million, it, 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 roughly just under 20 million. But for the first three seasons, I think he averages 21 million annually, and then it drops uh, the last two years. So he's getting paid quarterback money, if you will. So wh- what do you think of this? Do you think they overpay? Do you think he's worth it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, sure. He deserves it. He's the best wide receiver in the game, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I think, think- like what I said last week about how you could really. It really changes day to day. Who's better, Lev Bell or Todd Gurley? I think you could really mm-hmm. change that with Antonio Brown or Odell. Um, yeah, yep. pay him quarterback money if you're gonna if you want to keep him around, especially if you want to pair up a guy that you're gonna have replacing Eli Manning, like maybe Kyle Lauletta, 
um, give him a big target to throw to and lock that guy up for a while. So um, I think it's a good move. I think it's a great move that they re-signed Odell. Um, and he seems like a good fit in New York as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's come out and said that he wants to play in New York for his career. And uh, that I mean, that's a rare thing in the NFL for somebody to stick with one team their entire career. So the fact that they have a guy, despite their struggles, wanting to be there, uh, is, a, is a great sign. Uh, I think he's definitely worth his money. I don't know if he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, but he has the highest upside of any receiver because he's 25 years old. Antonio Brown is 30. Julio Jones is 30. So those guys are much older. Their production's going to dip. He's 25. So they lock him up for the next five, six years. He'll be, I think, 30, 31 when this contract expires, this contract extension. That's huge. You're going to get him for the entirety of his prime. Uh, and you're paying him $20 million. That is a high number, but the way that I look at it is if you're pairing him up with Kyle Lauletta or Davis Webb or they're looking to get a quarterback next draft, that guy is going to be under a rookie contract. So he's not getting paid quarterback money. Well, I mean, and just he's look getting at, paid very little. Look at the, the talent that you're paying for here. You're, you're paying for oh, Odell absolutely. Beckham, and not only are you paying for Odell Beckham, you're paying t- – to get all the good out of him, basically. I mean, like you said, he's yeah. going to be out of his prime. Everything out of he's him. He's going to be the be- on the backside mm-hmm. of his career when this contract's up. So, yeah, right. you might as well pay up and get all the good out of the best wide receiver in football. And absolutely. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I think it's a no-brainer. He wanted to make 20 mil. He doesn't quite get there, but he gets there for the first three years. I think this is a great compromise, too, between the teams. You know, that he got to the number... That he wanted, they weren't committing to paying him $21 million at the tail end of this. It'll drop down to 17, 18 mil. So that's a good deal for them because if he does start to decline, they're not committed to all that money. I, yeah, I mean, you have to pay your players. I mean, you look at what happening, what's happening with Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack and Earl Thomas, all these guys holding out for money. If you have one of the best players in the NFL, I, these guys aren't asking for $40 million a year. So if they're that impactful to your team and to the game in general, you have to pay these guys. You can't think of it as, well, he's not a quarterback, therefore I can't pay Aaron Donald $20 million. If Aaron Donald wants $20 million, the dude won Defensive Player of the Year last year, you pay him his dang money. I mean, this, this isn't that hard to me, but there, it seems like an issue that these front offices are having with non-quarterback positions wanting to get paid. And, and, and I mean, they're not even getting paid close to like what Kirk Cousins is getting paid. I mean, they're getting paid more than anybody else has, but... I think you just need to pay these guys. They're that valuable. You need to pay. Them. I agree. I agree. That's the way I look at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, should be. It should be that. Speaking hard, of but. getting paid, there was another man oh, yes. that got paid today. Mister Moneybags over here. Yeah. Um, Mister Aaron Rodgers got a new deal. Um, this morning. This morning. This, morning, this just this happened, happened a few hours ago. You heard it first yeah. here on the Sports Hour. <laughs> Last week was really reporting live when we mentioned. I don't remember what we mentioned here on the Sports Hour, (laughs) but we're going to report on it anyway. Aaron Rodgers, four years, one thirty-four, guaranteed one hundred and three million dollars. He'll be making before next St. Patrick's Day. He will have made at least eighty million of those dollars. The way this contract is wow. structured, <laughs> he will have made sixty-seven million before the end of the calendar year. How insane! That is insane. Is that 
Holy so this smokes. is a huge bonus up front is what it's looking at. Yeah. Which is smart for the Packers because then as he gets older, you're not – you want to commit to paying the most of the money up front. And if you're a player, you want that too because then barring injury, you're getting you know, you're getting your money. But uh, that's a good deal for the team too, especially because at the end of this contract, it's through 2023. He'll be 40 years old when this contract is up. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, we're assuming he will still be playing at a high level, but you never know. One injury at 38, you could be done. So And the two collarbone injuries still he's is, already had, so – Right, right, exactly. But, man, making some money. Danica Patrick better be sitting over here like, we better have some fancy-ass dates. I think it was an inside job. I know you I got the money. I think it was an inside job because, <laughs> what, she retires from racing, like, a few months before he gets this deal? Oh, Are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, we knew this was coming. I mean, this was we knew that they'd been working on this extension. The The question was, and we knew he was probably going to have the biggest contract ever. Yeah, but I think Aaron needs to get exactly out of that. Much. I think Aaron needs to get out of that. She's gold digging. She's gold digging now. <laughs> oh, Danica Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> run, Aaron. Run. She retired run. right before you get your new deal. Um, red uh, flag. S- sign that go. prenup. That's all I'm saying. Well, sign that sure, prenup but... if, if you get to that point. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, but I mean, this is crazy. The annual value of this extension is $33.5 million, which is NBA money. That that's I mean that's like yeah. that's like these NBA contracts that is insane and on the NBA team you're paying 12 14 guys not 53 but I mean Aaron Rodgers is obviously worth every cent of this money there's no question of that well and the league it's just, minimum is it's different, just I think between leagues so that's where sure I mean there's 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 lots of different factors into the contract but I mean this is the highest contract in NFL history he will be the highest paid player ever and uh, it sets a huge precedent for guys that are coming up on extensions. Will anybody else reach this number? I don't know if there's anybody else in the NFL that's worth that amount of money. Not right now. But as I don't guys think. grow and get into their prime, we could be looking at guys like maybe Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson as they get, if they could get to that level, they might be looking at $100 million guaranteed, which is insane. I think Kirk. Kirk Cousins was what, 80, 85, maybe 90 million guaranteed, which was the highest. Something like this. that. Uh, it was which, a lot. Which was a high, really high number. So, uh, yeah, it keeps going up. And Matt Ryan's, so, Matt Ryan's was pretty big also. Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan out. had a big one right before that too. So, yeah, I mean, crazy. Good for Aaron Rodgers. Go get your money. But watch out for those those gold diggers. That's, that's, that's Mitch's advice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I used to be a big Danica fan, as in, like, I wanted her to be my future wife. Right. But... <laughs> That's all changed now. Right. So, you don't have $100 million, so. <laughs> no. I think I have like 20 bucks on my wallet right now. That's, right. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers doesn't carry around just a 20. He carries around 20s. Right. Because <laughs> he's a baller. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> hey, some more football news. You heard about this? You heard about this, Dylan? I, I don't know. This, uh, this whole Teddy Bridgewater deal? Oh, yeah. Teddy I, Bridgewater? This, I, yeah. I've got, I, Teddy I was Bridgewater. Sur- I was surprised by this. I was surprised for, for yeah. one reason, not that he got traded, but the team he got traded to. Yeah. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater, the formerly of the New York Jets, was dealt to the New New Orleans Saints, um, which, like Dallin said, surprising that he got dealt there. Maybe they're preparing for a Drew Brees retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is good news for Sam Darnold. So that means he has one less arm to compete with. Yeah. And the other arm he's competing with 
is another 39-year-old guy. <laughs> right. So, An arm that may fall off at any moment. We don't know. It could just Pending. detach from the rest of his body, <laughs> be carried around in a bag for the rest of his life. Right. Because he's I, thrown so many footballs. Right. I mean, absolutely. absolutely. No, I mean, we, we saw this coming. I, I think uh, Todd Bowles came out last week and basically said they were looking to trade Bridgewater. It was kind of... After the way Darnold has performed, they want him to be the week one starter. He, he, they haven't come out and said it, but he will be the week one starter. He will start most of the season, barring health or whatever else. So they had Bridgewater as a trade ship. There were a lot of teams that could have used Bridgewater to compete for their starting quarterback role, but instead he goes to the sure. Saints. The, the the Jets give up a sixth round pick, get back a third round pick. And they end up paying Bridgewater for his time there, I think, like, a million dollars out of the six. So they basically played a million dollars for a third-round pick, which is great. Third-rounders are starters. I mean, you can find starters in third-round easy. So it's a, sure. it's great for the Jets. Uh, it's great for the Saints. What what surprised me about the Saints is, uh, obviously, Breeze is old. He's 40 years old. We don't know how long he'll last, but he, he signed a two-year extension this last uh, this last year. So he'll be there till he's about 42. Uh, they have Tom Savage as their backup, and Taysom Hill, who was a, a BYU quarterback. And they really, really like Taysom Hill, like, a lot. Everything I've heard from the Saints is that they really like this kid. He's a runner, like, and a passer, but he runs the ball really, really well. In fact, in preseason, he's their leading rusher right now, is Taysom Hill. Um, mm. And they like him a lot for special teams. He, he'll he make the roster regardless uh, because he is in a lot of the coverage packages for, for special teams. But they, they really like this kid as, as potentially a replacement uh, for Drew Brees when he retires. They, they like him that much. So the fact that they went and got Bridgewater just shows maybe they're not as confident in him as maybe they were before this preseason. And they want more well, of a sure and, thing. Well, and I don't think it was really a great fit for Bridgewater anyway in New York. Oh, um, absolutely not. I'm just shocked that a team having like to compete Tampa with Darnold. didn't go for him. I mean, Tampa, Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, Miami, I mean, any team in Florida. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of... in Florida? Right. There's a lot of teams that have questionable starters that Bridgewater could probably come in and start for some of these teams in the NFL. So, it's just surprising that a team like that didn't go for him. But good for the Saints, getting a very, very solid backup. Four 40-year-old quarterback oh. with a lot of questions. Yeah, when Drew Brees gets hit and just turns into a cloud of dust. Right. They have a they'll, guy to fall they'll back They'll need somebody, on. right. And Teddy Bridgewater will be great. Be Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Good for him getting a good, better situation than New York. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the, last, the last bit of news we wanted to mention, uh, nothing crazy, but we had another quarterback, a backup, get traded. Uh, the Packers traded Brett Hundley to Seattle for a 2019 pick. It has not been said where that pick lies i'm assuming nothing higher than like the fifth round maybe sixth round probably uh but this is the what this uh i think shows is one seattle gets a better backup than austin davis uh brett hunley played decent as a starter not very good but he's got a lot of starting experience from last year and the nfl so good insurance for russell wilson uh, and that the Packers are really high on Deshaun Kaiser, who they traded for this last offseason. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. have a whole lot to add. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about I mean, Brett frickin' Huntley here. I mean... Right. I mean, it's not that big a deal, you know, but it is uh, it's it is significant in some ways, I guess. Uh, it's sure. Still news. Yeah, Russell it's Wilson has something to fall back on when he puts the entire team on his back and 
breaks right. his C three and C four vertebrae because exactly. he can't carry the whole team on his back anymore. Because right, right, they have too Brad heavy. Huntley to they're, they're too heavy. They yeah. need to lose some too weight. Too he's gonna carry. all those linemen. All those linemen. Ugh. That's like eight. I mean, the that's like fifteen hundred pounds just in those five guys. Come on. I mean, uh, no, but. Um, yeah. No, I, I like I everything from Deshaun Kaiser. This training camp and preseason has been very solid. The Packers really like him, and I know he struggled last year in Cleveland, but was thrown into a very bad situation and was not ready to start. So I, I, they like him as a as right. a backup for for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. So willing to trade away Hunley. So we'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated on our Instagram and our Twitter as far as other NFL news that happens in between podcasts. But for now, that's the news that you need to know. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our top five list this week, I just want to mention this. I I just saw this on SportsCenter's Twitter account, and I uh, thought it'd be thought it'd be just uh, relevant to mention here. We were just talking about Sam Darnold. Uh, if Sam Darnold starts Week One for the Jets, he'll be the youngest QB to start a season opener since the NFL merger. Wow. Twenty one so years and ninety seven days old. He'd be the youngest QB to ever start a season opener. So. Yeah. I was just thinking about when the merger was, which would have been... 1970. 1970, So almost 50 years. 48, 48 years, 49, so, yeah. Pretty crazy. We were just talking about him and the likelihood of him starting their season opener. So he will probably be the youngest quarterback to start a season opener. So I just thought that was intriguing. So there you go. Mitch! What do we... We need the intro. You know what time it is? I don't know. know. You tell me. What, what time oh, is it? Can, can I tell you? Yes, please tell me. It's it's time for Mitch Rose, top five list of the week. And this <laughs> week, we are going to be talking about the top five greatest sports movies of all time. Yes. I'm excited for this list. Yes. I think this is going to be a good one. Oh, it's great. This is one you get on Twitter about, and you get on Instagram about, and you tweet at us. Comment on our Instagram post. Tell us that our list sucked because this is a this is a topic that a lot of people can get sensitive about. Yes, my list is personally controversial. So, <laughs> yeah, please send so me hate. I need to throw out. So the way this worked this week is Dallin's going to be joining me on this list. He knew the topic and he, because he wanted to get in on it. Yeah, so this I was is, like, okay. I was very excited. Dallin needs to get in on this list with me. Come aboard, my friend. Let's do this <laughs> together. So we are going to each go through our lists together. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, and we are right now, I want to start off, Dallin, by mentioning a few honorable mentions. Okay. So I have, of course, something that's near and dear to my heart. Talladega Nights. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. It didn't make your top five? And you know that that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And... Dallin and I actually referred to each other as Cal Naughton Jr. and Ricky Bobby. And for years, yeah, it did make my top years, five. I, Mitch was Ricky Bobby in years. my phone for like 10, 10 years. Like, you were Cal Naughton Jr. until like two years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't make my list. Uh, Days of Thunder, another one that you know that I really love. Oh, another NASCAR um, one. So two, so two back-to-back motorsports films. Um but like movies like Eight Seconds, which I know you don't don't know, blah, don't know that one. Uh, it's the Lane Frost story. It's a rodeo. Mo- oh, film. okay. Um, love that movie. If you guys ever check it out or have the opportunity to do it, um, Major League 
Happy Gilmore, mm. um, The Mighty Ducks, of course, oh, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, cool Runnings was another honorable mention. I've never seen that one. Uh, Not yet. You get out of here. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to at some point. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Well, thanks for Hulu? listening to this week's <laughs> this week's episode of the Sports Hour. Dallin needs to stop and Come go on. watch. Cool really, Runnings it's right not now. like it's not like it's. I mean, there's a lot of sports movies I haven't no, honestly watched, not. but that's, that's um, <laughs> the longest yard. Both. Oh, the longest. Yeah, that's a good them. one. That's a good one. Both one, the old yeah. one and the new one with yeah. Adam Sandler, um, yeah. and the world's fastest Indian was the other one. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, and Angels Nail Field. So those okay. are some of my honorable mentions Dallin, i have three let's hear yours. i have three and honorable I, mentions <laughs> there was one i purposely didn't say because i think you're going to say it okay so i, I i'm pretty sure i know which one you're talking about um the honorable mentions i have uh rocky i really wanted yep. to put rocky in here but i i it was it's probably seven if i had to like air, you know put it all out uh Airbud. Airbud's underrated can we be honest <laughs> air, air, air Bud is underrated I tried to put it in the uh, top five. I couldn't. You tried to put Airbud in the top movies. five? I couldn't. No, it's an I honorable don't know mention. If top five. Honorable mention because he's a cute dog. Yeah, so he's so he's honorable five. mention. Yeah. No, no, see, I tried. I tried to put him in the top five. I couldn't because there's better movies, but Airbud's a classic. Shout out to Airbud. And Warrior, which I don't know if a lot of you have seen. That's like Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. It's like an MMA movie. It is super good. I think it came out twenty huh. 11 2012 but it's a super good movie tom hardy his performance is like outstanding it's about this relationship between these two brothers and like their father and like it's a super super good movie so if you have never seen warrior check it out check check it out it is great it is great yeah there's three more i better mention as honorable mentions because so, I know people you are just guys gonna... should see Mitch's page in his notebook of movies. It is seriously like I have like ten movies written out that I thought about. Mitch has about thirty. <laughs> like... Yeah, <laughs> but I know I'm gonna get yelled at on any social media or even in real life um, if I don't mention these three. Okay, um, right. or at least one of these three. Friday Night Lights was mm. one. That's a good one. Um, That's a good one. Great movie. Uh, Varsity Blues. I don't know if you really would count that as a sports movie, yeah. but it does. Is Talladega Nights a sports high movie? School football. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other one that I wanted to mention um, was the movie Forty Two. Oh uh, yeah, Ted Jackie Boseman Robinson playing Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great film. That's a good one too. That's um, a very good one. Yes. So. You ready to start? Yeah, I'm so ready. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize you're the guest now. This week for- on the top. I'm gonna apologize now for my for my list for anybody who's listening who's gonna be offended. I I, I don't really care, but I'm gonna apologize to be nice. Uh, so don't be so mad, okay? That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> since you're the guest on the top five list this week, Dallin, I am. I would like you to start. Okay, number five on my list, uh, and this is probably the biggest controversy I had uh, was Creed. And probably the oh. reason why I'd say it's a controversy is because I put Creed in over Rocky, which I think for anybody who's yeah. a huge fan of the Rocky franchise, is I'm going to get beat up for that. But I didn't really grow up watching Rocky films. I actually only watched the first Rocky. I've, I've never seen any of the other ones. I've only seen Rocky. And I watched it like a year ago. Like I, It is very recent that I have tried to get into these films. Uh, and Creed is a great movie. I, I think it's fantastically done. I love Michael B. Jordan. 
Uh, so yeah, Creed was Creed is great to me. Uh, so I, that's probably the biggest deal is that I put it in over Rocky. Uh, but hey, I'm a millennial. We hey. do stupid stuff. So I guess you it's, are a millennial. Yeah, it's to, you're a millennial, millennial too. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't identify as a millennial. <laughs> that's I great. Identify. I identify as a rock, and the fact that you don't identify as something that you are makes you a millennial. Oh God. Right. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> Number five for me is Field of Dreams, oh, starring okay. Kevin Costner mm, and um, Darth Vader. What's the dude's name? James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones, yeah. Uh, great, great film. Um, and it's very quotable, of course, the, you know, the three phrases that the ghost says. And, you know, it's a baseball movie, but it's also a document, you know, it's also about the relationship between a father and a son. And um, makes for a great, great film plot. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that that field is vi- you can visit that field today. Yeah, so absolutely. That's, that's pretty super cool. cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. I do. Okay, real quick. I don't know if you're going to mention this in your list. I just thought of this. And I got to throw it in as an honorable mention. Uh, Sandlot. Sandlot is a sports movie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. It's it a baseball. Okay. I will mention that. Because I just thought of it, I didn't. I, I couldn't. I didn't think about it before. But Sandlot's a great one. How could I, you forget the Sandlot? Down? I don't know. It's funny. So that was shot and filmed in Utah. I don't know if anybody knows that. I didn't know that. It's the 20th anniversary of Sandlot. Was like a few weeks ago, and the whole cast and crew came out to the field where the where it was all filmed in this little tiny town in Utah, and they put up this giant movie screen, and thousands of people came out and watched the movie on the field and had the cast there and did like a Q and a afterwards. It was like this really big deal. Uh, so that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. So sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt these lists. I just, I, 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 oh, no. I couldn't think of that one. By before, all means. Okay. So. All right. Number four, number, number four. Yep. Okay, cool. So my number four was remember the Titans, which hey. I think is a great, great film. I mean, Denzel is g- great. I mean, it's just... It, oh, yeah. Th- that's a solid... It's just solid sports Everyone movie. loves Denzel. Gets Everyone you in the feels. It's, I think that's one thing you'll notice. I think great sports movies are great at showing the sport, but there's a story beyond it, like you mentioned with Field of Dreams. Like, there's some other emotional connection that people that don't even watch sports or like that sport can relate to and enjoy. So I, I think Remember, the, right, Ti- Remember exactly. the Titans is one of those films. <clears throat> a good sports movie should give you an insight to the sport, but also, like you said, hit you right in the feels. Yeah, it should. absolutely. If you if you don't feel a little emotional, not not crying or anything, right? But maybe maybe you cry. Maybe, maybe you cry. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> but if it doesn't make you feel a little emotional afterwards, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was that good. I feel you. What was um, your number four? Number four, I agree with you. It's Remember the Titans. Really? That's where oh, look I had, at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we can go too much further, further into yeah. it. Uh, Do you know Ryan Gosling was in that movie? Oh, he plays the California dude, right? Doesn't he? Is that? No. No, no it's not him? He plays the, the, the kid who's like gets benched over the black player that starts playing in place of him. Oh. And his dad gets all upset, and they... Workout deal where he needs to play defense now, but he's not sure if he can play defense. Uh-huh. That was Ryan Gosling. Huh. I had no idea. But I didn't even know that either. Yeah, a young Ryan stuff Gosling. on the Sports Hour today. 
Oh, so number three, awesome. Dallin. Okay, my number three is Space Jam. Space uh. Jam holds... So it is near and dear to me. When I was four years old, I am told, because I don't remember. I do slightly remember this, but I would come home from school, preschool like every day and beg my dad to put on Space Jam. Like beg him. And every day I would watch it and he'd turn the surround sound like up and I would just like dance because the music, the soundtrack <laughs> is great in Space Jam, by the way. Oh, the soundtrack's awesome. I went, I went and looked through it the other day. Like all these 90s, oh, all these 90s, Hip hop and R&B Space Jam song intro great. song is so good. Yes, the intro yeah. song to Space Jam is it's a banger. It's a yeah, just it's, straight up it's, banger. It's great. So go listen to the Space Jam soundtrack. But yeah, Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny. I mean, how much better can that get? It, yeah. Well, and I think that movie just solidified why Michael Jordan's the goat. Oh right, because I mean, he teamed up with the Monsters. He beat and the saved Monsters. the galaxy. Yeah, him what and Bugs LeBron Bunny done? together. Yeah, <laughs> if you've listened and to underrated our- player. Underrated player on that team, Lola Bunny. Yeah. Oh, straight yeah. Straight up baller. Oh, yeah. She's she was, a straight up yeah, baller. Yeah, she, she held her own, you know, that, and that that, that counts oh, for yeah. something against that, that top tier talent. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What was your number so, three? So, I didn't mention Space Jam 2 in my honorable, honorable mentions because it was my number one honorable mention because it holds a, right. a near and dear place to me as well. But I knew it was going to be on <laughs> yeah. your top five. It had so, to. I'm like, all right, I'm going to save it. Um, number three, I have Miracle, which Ooh. is about the 1980s, mm-hmm. the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Uh, Kurt Russell stars in that as Herb Brooks. Um, a great, great film. Uh, and I love anything that's historically accurate. Uh-huh. So, um, these sports, not documentaries, but they, they document real events that happen. I'm always a sucker for. So, um... Yeah, miracle number three. That's on a, the list. That's 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 a good one. That's a good one. Th- yeah, it's solid. I just watched it like a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, because I can't get enough of that movie. And the fact that it has "Dream On" by Aerosmith at the end is like kind of its yeah. theme song. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's rock out at the end of this movie. Like we could do. Let's this. walk that, out of the theater feeling good. Yeah that that one was in my top ten. Uh, I it was on. I it was one of the ones I wrote down. And then tried to try tried to figure out for so, all right. Um, number two for me, my number two is the fighter, which is Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale. Have you ever seen that movie, Mitch? I actually have not. No. Oh my god, it is amazing. It's a boxing movie. Uh, it's it's based on it's, it's a, based on a true story uh, about a, a boxer named Mickey Ward. Uh, who is played by Mark Wahlberg, and he's trying to get back into boxing. And he has a brother, Dickie Eklund, who's played by Christian Bale, who beat Sugar Ray Leonard, and that was like his claim to fame. And then now he's like a crack addict, and uh-huh. is and so like HBO's doing this documentary on Dickie Eklund in his fall from grace and becoming a, a, an addict to drugs. As Mark Wahlberg's character is trying to like get back into boxing because he was kind of like semi-pro for a while is trying to make it up and then it's just this really good story the acting is amazing this is christian bale in between the dark knight and the dark knight rises so he gets bulked up for batman goes down to like under 200 he's like under 200 pounds now 
to, to like 170, 180. He's like this frail drug addict looking dude. He doesn't even look like Batman. He looks like a completely different person. It's crazy. And then after this film had to bulk all the way back up to do Batman again. It was crazy. But wow. Anywho. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And the performance is, is awesome. Amy Adams is in it. Um, it, it's super, super good film and it's a more raw, it's like a boxing film definitely has those sports aspects, but like we were talking about has a lot, uh, to do with like family relationships and doing what you want because you want it. And I don't know, it's, it's a super, super good film. So I highly suggest the fighter check it out. All right. My number two is Moneyball. Uh, See, there's another one that I haven't seen. I have not seen Moneyball. You get off this podcast I, I, right now. Like, and it's not because I have never wanted to. I just have not done it. It's just one of those oh, films that God. I need to see. Yeah. So Brad Pitt plays Billy Bean, who, and this is all based on a true story. <clears throat> so yeah, it is about the 2002 Oakland Athletics who just lost three star players the year before 2001, uh, Johnny Damon, Jason Giambi, and Jason Isringhausen. Um, mm-hmm. Lost them all to free agency. And so Oakland, as we know, if you're a baseball fan, you know that they have a very limited payroll. Um, so Bean hires Peter Brand, who is played by Jonah Hill, a graduate of Yale and economics um, that has this, crazy idea of how to assess players value and how to get the best players based on a minimum budget. And, um, they put together this incredible team in 2002, make a playoff run and, uh, just, just an incredible movie. And it also documents that after the season was over, Billy Bean actually got offered a contract by the Boston Red Sox. Um, Mm. who eventually wound up signing, signing Theo Epstein. Um, right. Bean, Bean turned them down to stay in Oakland and would have made a hell of a lot more money, which is so fitting for the plot, right? Right, right. That he takes a smaller pay to stay with a team that he <laughs> enjoys than go to the Red Sox, who would have paid him a boatload of money. Um, some other big names that were in here, um. Oh, the guy from uh oh Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt was in this movie. He plays Scott oh, Hatterberg. He plays that. he plays Scott Hatterberg, who was an injured catcher. They transitioned him to first base. Um, uh-huh. and it really just kind of shows you also how many big names were on that team that were either old or that we recognized from kids. You know, when right. we were kids seeing them play. Um, it great great movie carlos pena is another player that they document there who was a rookie at the time in oakland um that billy bean wanted scott hatterberg to start over carlos pena and it wound up working out oh, okay for him. um but the significance of this is not only the Moneyball side of it um but this was also the year that the oakland a's put together the previous record of consecutive victories in major league baseball oh. they won 20 in a row um wow which was broke last year. Was it last year? Yeah, by the Cleveland Indians when they won 23 in a row. So, Oh, that was 2016. That was oh, 2016. Okay, so it was two when, years when ago. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, outstanding film. 
outstanding. Yeah, that one's great. I mean, I've heard so much good stuff, even just as a film perspective, not even like sports fans. Uh, yeah. Like I said, just one of those one of those films I need to watch. And Peter Brand uh, is actually not the name of the actual guy in real life. Oh, um, yeah. It actually Peter Brand is the film name of Jonah Hill's character. The guy in real life was Paul D. Podesta, who Billy Bean hired, who has worked uh-huh. with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers as their general manager for a long time, and now oh, okay. works in Cleveland for the Browns. So as their oh um, gotcha one of their executives um, right so yeah a little, another little fun fact Peter Brand's huh. not his name it's actually huh. Paul D Podesta so right huh that's crazy that's crazy well, yeah I've heard like I said heard really good stuff about that film I'll watch it I'll watch it I don't want to get kicked off the podcast so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, my number one film, the greatest sports movie of all time, and it disappoints me that it didn't make your top five, Mitch, is Talladega Nights. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby is the greatest sports film of all time. I don't care what anybody says. I, I do. I will never waver in this. Ever. So this is good. the greatest sports movie of all time. Oh, it's so good. With all due respect, Mitch. I didn't know you had experimental surgery to have your balls removed. Oh, God. You know what? <laughs> with all due respect. There are so many quotables. It is amazing. You know what? I don't agree with some on your list, some movies on your list. And with all due respect, your ideas aren't worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. All right? <laughs> I love it. I lo- This movie, like Mitch said, is so... It, it, I think it, it is what makes us so close. Like, we watched this. When it came out when we were, like, 10 years old. And since we then... We went and saw it in the theaters. Just, we did. We did. And, and since that We had to have a chaperone, day, but we went and saw it. We we have been enamored with this movie, and it has connected us in a way that's made us so close as friends. And, and it means so much to me. And it's so stupid. I Caitlin had never watched it. Like, and I found out right after we got married, and I made her watch it. And I think she is nice when she says it's kind of funny because I think she hated it. But I just needed her to see it so she could understand why Mitch and I are best friends. I was like, you need to watch this to understand like, like my the, relationship like, with Mitch. The things that we say to each other, half of them are because of this movie. Like this is Right, exactly. It's yeah. yeah. And it's funny. It's got a climax, it's got a return to glory like oh, story with God, Will Ferrell. Comeback story. It's when got he a was villain. At Huglo's Pizza. And <laughs> delivered the pizza on a huffy bike to his long lost <laughs> father, his coke dealing a, father. What does he say? What do he say? Like this is Huglo's Pizza. We are pizza, and he goes, "You are pizza. Yeah, we are pizza. I, I gotta say it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. Is that a huffy boy? Yeah. That's a good looking <laughs> bike, son. <laughs> oh man, yeah. This movie is. I know. Greatest. When I told uh, you it wasn't on my top five. The first thing was probably like, you shut up, you little pot liquor. I'll shove you in the microwave. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, it's great. Yeah, if you've never it, seen it this movie, heart you are it, missing out that, on one of the greatest Will Ferrell movies of all time, I think. Oh, but yeah. just a, a great, great sports movie. A yes. funny sports movie. Come yeah. on. Yeah, and it breaks my heart that Come I on. didn't put it on my top five. Um, you know it was probably never number be forgiven. six on my list. You know it had oh, yeah. to be there. But my number one, you mentioned earlier, and it actually makes me mad that you didn't have it on your list, is The Sandlot, 
The Sandlot is number one. Oh, see, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Had I so, remembered, it probably would have made my top five, but I didn't even oh, yeah. think about it. <laughs> Great film. Um, yeah, there's nothing else to say about it. It was a yeah. great film. We kind of covered Sandlot's it earlier, great. but... Sorry for stealing your thunder. I, I had no idea what your list was, by the way, to anyone listening. So well, yeah. I didn't mean to spoil that. My bad. No, it's all good. It's Sa- all good. Sandlot, Sandlot's a great one. That, Sandlot, I haven't watched that in a while. I need to rewatch that. It's a good, it's a good rewatch a film. Classic. I like to watch it right before baseball season starts. It just kind of gets you in the mood, mm, you know, for opening day. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That one and Moneyball. Good... Usually I watch those two together. So. Yeah. For uh, getting ready for baseball season, but I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. That was fun, Dallin. And movies are fun. And because movies are fun, that's why they're the topic of this week's Mitch Mo's top five list of the week. <laughs> oh, that was great. I love that you totally like improvised that intro one time, and now it's a staple. Yeah, like it's it a staple. You have to do it now. <laughs> yeah, it is great. All right, guys, thanks for thanks for tuning in for that top five five list. Now let's uh, let's talk about the thing that everybody is so excited for, the thing that we are anticipating so much, which is this upcoming NFL season. And Mitch, we've got an exciting topic to get into nfl awards predicting nfl awards yes are you yes we do are you psyched bro are you pumped i'm so psyched i'm it's it's lit i'm, uh, I'm it's so lit i'm just kidding I, it's so lit i can't wait to talk about this <laughs> stuff because i think i got some things that people may not agree with um I, me too me too i got some hot some hot takes oh hot some 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 caliente takes caliente i can say that i can appropriate mexican culture because i'm a quarter mexican so none of you get in my my dms or comment say you're offended by that i am uh, i am mexican it's Uh, not so i crossed the line i crossed the line you did mitch you can't say that stuff you save the mexican jokes for me no bueno Um, (laughs) no bueno that is that is no bueno cuate all right um so let's uh cuate what's that what's that mean it's like dude it's like slang for Uh, dude i thought you were gonna call me like regions i thought you were gonna call me something like you know pinche gordo or something like that you know no no it wasn't me no no i I won't say mean (laughs) things to you no it's just just dude it's just bro you know all right so um Let's. What do you want to start with? MVP. Let's just start with MVP. Let's start. Sure. Yeah. Is that cool? Let's go with MVP. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. So you go. You go ahead and go first. Explain your process, your reasoning, and who you're looking at. Okay. So I wrote down a few names for each award that could possibly do it, um, except for one category, and I think I'm going to change that when we get to it. Um, okay. But for MVP, I wrote down two names. The first one I wrote down is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's gonna. Obvious, I yes. think he could win his third MVP um, with the weapons that he has there now, and he's coming back healthy. Um, he, and I just listened to him actually on the Pat McAfee show, Pat McAfee show um, earlier. Or I guess it would be late last week. Um, mm-hmm. He sounds confident. You could tell. You could hear the confidence in his voice. You could. You can hear that he's ready to go. Um, coming back from an injury, he said, you know, it makes you appreciate the game a little bit more. Um, when you have to sit out and watch from the sidelines. And so he sounds like he's ready to go. 
Um, and he's got it. Of course, we know how well he works in a Matt and a Mike McCarthy offense. Um, nothing has changed. He's only added weapons around him. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see Aaron Rodgers make a run for MVP. I have a sleeper pick though, and my sleeper pick is Jared Goff to win MVP. Wow. Look at everything that he has to work with over there. That is a thin limb. That's a thin limb. It you're is a thin <laughs> limb. But think about it. It's not out of the realm of possibility with all the weapons that he has and the talent that he has that he throws 35 touchdowns. I don't think it's that far out of possibility because that's going to be a very prolific offense in L.A. paired up with a very solid defense. Um I know I've said in the past that the Minnesota Vikings, I think, are probably the best team in football right now. Um, I'd put the Rams right up there in that conversation. And I think that if Jared Goff has the year, maxes out on basically what he could probably do this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and third year, he's not going to have, he's not in his sophomore slump at all, um, which he didn't have one. He actually progressed in he his sophomore year. A lot. Yeah. And so a lot. I think with all the weapons that he has there, a good run game to balance the pass game and a defense to support him. Why not? Why not take a flyer and say, you know, hey, this guy might have an MVP shot if he plays well. Interesting. I <laughs> I cannot I cannot get there with you. And here's the thing. I <laughs> I would I, I don't think it's that hot of a take to say that Jared Goff could make like a Pro Bowl, right? Because we know how good this offense is gonna be. We know how much sure. he's gonna improve. My issue with MVP is, one, how productive is he going to be with Todd Gurley there? Because Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate last year. I mean, Todd Gurley had over 2,000 all-purpose yards and 19 touchdowns. That is insane. So, I mean, people were talking about Wentz, Brady, and Gurley as the MVP candidates. And in the last 10 years, we have had nine quarterbacks and one running back, Adrian Peterson, to win an MVP. So, I mean, this is a quarterback's award, but I fear with how much they will rely on Gurley because they should, how productive will Goff actually be? And yes, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to continue to progress, but do we know if he's that caliber of quarterback? I don't think we know that yet, but I'm not not convinced that that Goff is there. And maybe, like I said, I don't think it's that hot of a take to say that he could make a Pro Bowl, that he could have a Pro Bowl caliber sure, season. Sure, yeah. But absolutely. MVP seems like a little much for me, especially with how much they will have to rely on Gurley, and they should rely on Gurley, and that's just going to take away from touchdowns and production that Jared Goff will have. His role is more of a facilitator of being able to balance out what Todd Gurley is going to do in an offense that should focus on the run. Uh, and that's my only, my only gripe with him, uh, but... Hey, like you said, it's gonna. There's gonna. They they should score a lot of points this year. So, and typically, based on my research, your your MVPs are guys who led arguably the best team in the league that year. So, if the Rams are the best team in the league and he has himself a solid year, he will be an MVP candidate just by default. So that's a that that that's 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 an interesting take. I was not expecting that. Um, the top of my list for MVP is Aaron Rodgers as well. I think he's primed. I, he's the best quarterback in football. So that in and of itself oh, gives yeah. him an advantage. Uh, and the Packers. He's the greatest. I side with Stephen A. Smith on this too when I say that Aaron Rodgers is probably the greatest quarterback talent that I've witnessed. Yeah, ta- greatest quarterback of all time as far as talent 
and, and just his accuracy and his arm strength, I mean, that that is at another level for sure. Uh, Tom Brady Absolutely. is the most clutch yeah. and probably will be the, the greatest quarterback of all time. But, but the most successful. Exa- yeah. most su- absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, so I think Rodgers is primed for that. I also wrote down Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz would have won the MVP last year had he not got injured. It was basically his award. Sure. Uh, and then he got injured, so it goes to Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady will always be in that conversation. I did not put him on this list here. My sleeper pick this year is Drew Brees. And it's not that big of a sleeper because the Saints are a good team. But he is 40 years old. They have relied more on the run, especially last year. But I think they will get back to more of a traditional Saints team. And he's going to have himself a very good year. So I think Drew Brees is a sleeper MVP candidate. I don't think it's out of the question that he could uh, win an MVP award, especially depending on how well the Saints play this year. Um, And you look at a guy like Alvin Kamara, the running back. He is not a traditional I'm running the ball a lot quarterback. I mean running back. I mean last year last year Alvin Kamara had more receiving yards than he did rushing yards. So that just goes to show what kind of player he is. That doesn't mean he can't rush for a thousand yards, but that means he had seven hundred and twenty eight yards on the ground last year and eight hundred and twenty six receiving yards. So he's gonna get it through the air. That only helps Drew Brees out and his stats, and obviously look like Michael Thomas and the air threats that they have on that team. Uh I don't think it's out of the question that Drew Brees could be an MVP. Sure. So. I mean <clears throat> I the the age thing is the question mark for me as of far course. as that goes. Because, yeah. um, you know, we all talk about the cliff with Brady and the same thing's coming up with Drew Brees. Like, when is he going to fall off completely and stop being productive? Right, right. Um, so that's the thing for me, at least, with with uh, putting Drew Brees in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, so I broke down for most of the major categories we did. I broke down the last five years and all the people who won this award and basically tried to figure out why, especially with MVP. Uh, So you look at last year, Tom Brady, like I said, it would have been Wentz's award, but Tom Brady won it. And it's because he was the most efficient out of all the other quarterbacks, the other available guys uh, to win an MVP. He's the most efficient. You had Matt Ryan in 2016. He had the most well-rounded year. Drew Brees threw for more yards. Rodgers had more touchdowns, but a 38 touchdown to seven interception year with almost 5,000 yards and almost seven, 70% completion that, I mean, that's just an efficient year. So Matt Ryan wins it that year. Cam won it the year before, mainly because that team's 15 and one. And the fact that the 10 rushing touchdowns added to his 35 gave him 45 touchdowns, which is a huge number. Uh, and so, oh, yeah. you know, that was an obvious Aaron Rodgers in 2014 wins his second MVP. Uh, that year he had 38 touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, and he was not even, I think he was top seven, seventh or eighth as far as passing yards. He only had 4,300. But that 38 to five is a crazy touchdown to interception ratio. And I think that's, and the 12 and four record helps them win that. And then the year before that is Peyton Manning when he had his record year of 54,700 and, or sorry, Five fifty four thousand. Wait, fifty four thousand yeah. seven hundred and what? <laughs> five thousand four hundred and seventy seven yards and fifty five touchdowns with bro- which broke the record. Uh, both those records are single season records. So that, I mean that makes sense as an MVP. So basically, what I have come to conclude is that unless you set a record, it is the most efficient quarterback who had a good team. Obviously, you have to have a, a good team. You don't even have to be the best record. Just a, a, a top five team. And you either have to set some records or do something nobody else has done, like Cam or Peyton Manning, 
or you have just a very efficient year like Rodgers or Brady or Matt Ryan. So that, sure. that, yeah. that, that, as far as quarterbacks, that's what we're looking at here. So I think Aaron Rodgers is I, definitely both to us the, the front runner, uh, cle- the clear front runner. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So let's talk about Offensive Player of the Year because these th- these are oftentimes the same player. So Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Peyton Manning, all three of those in the last five years won Offensive Player of the Year and MVP. Um, last year, Todd Gurley won Offensive Player of the Year. And in 2014, the year Aaron Rodgers won his MVP, DeMarco Murray won the Offensive Player of the Year. So it is likely that a quarterback who won wins MVP also wins offensive player of the year. But what are your thoughts? Did you have a quarterback pencil in here? And if you didn't, or if you did, who other position players, running backs, wide receivers, would you maybe slot in here? Well, I think you could put Aaron Rodgers in this conversation for offensive player of the year very easily. Right. Absolutely. Um, I don't think it'd be, I don't think it'd be a hard sell to try to get people to buy into the fact that he could win MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. <clears throat> I wrote down a running back and a wide receiver. So did I. Um, Look at that. I wrote down Todd I wrote down Todd Gurley okay. and Antonio Brown. Oh, okay. Um, we had think, two different and, people. And a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we talked about Todd Gurley's usage in L.A. and the talent that he has and how much that offense really centers around him. Um, I, I think he's going to have so much opportunity that he's going to have the production to be considered at least. Um, and then Antonio Brown, I think if there's a year that a wide receiver could find that a wide receiver could win this award, it's this year. And Antonio Brown, who, like I said earlier with Odell and him could they could either one of them could be the best wide receiver in football. Um, um, one a and one B I think, um, Antonio Brown should be considered for this offensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I like those picks. I definitely thought of those two, though I do had two differently. I had two different ones. Uh, in the last 10 years, this award has gone to six quarterbacks and four running backs. And the quarterbacks who win this are also quarterbacks that win MVP. So a likely chance that, like like you said, if Aaron Rodgers wins MVP, he could also win Offensive Player of the Year. In the last two, or sorry, the last five years, we've had Todd Gurley and DeMarco Murray win this award. Both of those players eclipsed 2,000 total yards. Uh, so Todd Gurley had 2,093 total all-purpose yards last year. DeMarco Murray had 2,200 all-purpose yards and 1,800 rushing yards, which is insane. Uh, in 2014, the year he won it. So if you're a running back that's going to win this award, you've basically got to get to 2,000. I mean, Adrian Peterson did it the year he won his MVP and Offensive Player of the Year, 2,000 yards. So that's the, that's like the mark. Uh, so I think Todd Gurley is, is definitely a possibility. Uh, I don't see him repeating, and that offense got better and more weapons for to- Goff, so I think his numbers are going to decrease a little bit. I had Le'Veon Bell as my running back here because he's in a year where – He's got to earn his money. He will get paid regardless, but he's leaving the Steelers next year and he's going somewhere else. So I think if you're him, you're auditioning. You want to show that you, you really want to get paid $20 million? Then you show right now why somebody should pay you that. And I think he's going to have himself a great year because of that. So I could see him eclipsing 2,000 all-purpose yards and winning this award. The other 
guy that I had mentioned, and this is probably the most controversial. Whoa! The hottest take. Whoa! Oh, we got a mic drop. We almost had a mic drop. Oh, it was a close call. Every every oh. ep- every episode. It's been a few weeks, but man, <laughs> that was a Ooh. that was a close call. That, I saw that on the go Skype. ahead. Continue. No, it's good. Um, th- we talked about him earlier. Odell Beckham Jr. I think is if there's a wide receiver that could do it, I think this is his year. He is out here. He's healthy. He was injured last year. Didn't get to play that much. He just got his brand new extension. He's ready to go. And I think he could have himself a great near. Now, the only issue with the wide receiver as the offensive player of the year is the last time we had a wide receiver win offensive player of the year was 1993, the year we were born. And that was Jerry Rice. Since then, we have not had a wide receiver win offensive player of the year. It's always been a quarterback or running back. So that is the only thing that holds, I think, Antonio Brown or Julio Jones or Odell back is that they have to do some extreme producing, extreme producing, like 15 touchdowns, 1,800 yards producing to even be considered, uh, which is a shame because wide receivers are, I I mean, they produce, especially those guys at at very high levels. Uh, So, yeah. yeah. And especially the, especially the kind of game that we're in right now where it's such a passing game. Exactly. You know, exactly. Well, I think that's why running backs get so much credit because in a passing league, if you could still rush for 1500 yards, that means something. I mean that, cause that's something that nobody else is doing. So I, I think they deserve that credit, but I think wide receivers deserve more credit there. So yeah, uh, those are, those are my Odell watch for Odell this year. I think he's going to have himself a big year, a big, big year. Cool. So defensive player of the year. I got a few guys written down. What what about you? Do you got Yeah, yeah, I got I got like <laughs> I got a lot of names written down. This this is a hard one to predict. It's very hard to predict because there's a lot of different positions. It's not like an offensive player of the year where traditionally there's two different guys that win win it. It's a quarterback or a running back. Right. Um now we could I mean, there's a lot of different people that could win defensive player of the year um so i wrote down three names i'm gonna start from the one i feel least confident in to the one i feel most confident in and i feel confident i feel confident in all of them okay but i'm gonna just do it in that order um the third most confident i have in is jalen ramsey oh um cornerback for uh jacksonville um big year last year shut down guy um he and he's big and physical, and I really like the way he plays the game. <clears throat> um, and I think in Jacksonville, that's going to be the guy that's probably highlighted the biggest on that defense mm-hmm. is Jalen Ramsey. Um, not only for his talent, but also for his beef that he has with every quarterback in the league. <laughs> yeah, um, he put a target on his back for sure. I think quarterbacks are going to try to take him on this year. I think he can handle it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he's yeah, yeah he, he's, he definitely did that. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, after him, I put down Miles Garrett, oh, defensive okay. end from Cleveland. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I I really like this Cleveland. I I don't well. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I don't really like the Cleveland defense. I like it enough, and I really like Miles Garrett. Yeah. So um, the speed and size that that guy has is otherworldly, and I think that he has a real opportunity to break out. 
as one of the premier defensive players in the league this year. He was he was known as you know a good young talent the last couple of years, right? Or I guess last year. Last year, um, yeah, he had. I mean, had I think a this pretty is, good season last year, but it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We saw a lot of good things out of him, but um, I think that this is the year that uh, he really breaks out as one of the premier guys. But number one is another defensive end. Out of Los Angeles, I have Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. That's my number one, too. Oh, yeah. That kid's winning, a stud. Uh, winning Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, the dude is a monster. He's a He is a monster of a human being. And um, he's he, a great year last year. And sounds like he's primed and ready to go for this year on a really good Chargers defense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's – like I said, that's my other – that's my number one. Uh, is Joey Bosa? I like you said. I think that Chargers defense is going to be very good this year, and uh, I he had a great year last year. I think he's just going to continue to dominate. Uh, so I, looking back at this award, the last ten years we've had five defensive linemen win it, three linebackers, and two DBs. Uh, so it's hard for a DB to win unless they have a very good year. And I I wrote down Jalen Ramsey as well. Uh, because I think he has the talent to, it's just a question of statistically, can he do enough to be looked at for this award? Because it is harder uh, for a, for a, a DB to win this. Uh, to win this, but I, I wrote down Jalen Ramsey. I wrote down Joey Bosa. Uh, another guy. I, I, I got. Let me think. Two other guys that I wanted to mention. Uh, Aaron Donald, if he actually plays this year, I mean, he's in a holdout right now, and I worry about that. Well, and it sounds you know. like they're really close to getting a deal done, right? But so. not not practicing, not playing all preseason. He probably will have a slower start, so I don't know if statistically he can make it up in the end of the year to be considered. But he is probably the best D lineman we have in in, in football right now. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I thought of Everson Griffin, who's the defensive end for the Vikings. Cause I think the Vikings have obviously, I think the Vikings are the best defense in the NFL and sure. they have a few guys that stand out, but I think Everson Griffin's like the one that stands out the most to me. I can see him having a good enough year, uh, to warrant defensive player of the year. And, uh, my Homer pick Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley won oh, yeah. defensive player of the year in 2013 uh, he has had very good seasons since, has struggled with, with some injury issues, but I think he has the capability to lead a very good defense in Carolina and have the type of year that would warrant uh, a defensive player of the year. Him and Von Miller both were kind of like the end of my list there, that uh, both are some of the best, probably the two best linebackers we have in the league. And so if this is going to go to a linebacker, I think either of those guys can have a good enough season on these kind of resurged defenses that they have uh, to be able to warrant uh, look for this uh, this award, but the last four years this has gone to a defensive lineman. We had JJ Watt win it twice, and then Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. So it's going to be hard for a non-defensive lineman to get this. But I, I think we're both on the same page with uh, this Joey Bosa. I, I think he's going to have. Oh yeah, I, I think I think he's absolutely yeah a stud. Oh, he's a stud. So all right, where are we going next? Let's go. Let's talk about. So, uh, let's go ahead. What are you thinking? Oh, I was going to say let's let's stay on the same course of defense. Okay. And talk about defensive rookie of the year. Oh, good, 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 good. Because there's a lot of good defensive rookies drafted there this are. year. There are. There are. And um, I had to write down three names again. Just yeah, I wrote down four. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> one's kind of like an honorable mention, I guess, if you will, uh, which is Derwin James, who's a who's safety drafted by the Chargers. Because I thought he fell in the draft. I think he was 17th, 18th pick. Uh, I think he was a top 10 talent. 
So I think he's on that Chargers defense again, a very good defense. I think he's going to have himself a very good year. Uh, third, Minka, Fitzpa- Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, who is a great, great safety. I He plays for the Dolphins. I think that D- Dolphins defense doesn't have a whole lot of pieces. I think he will shine on that defense, and that will uh, at least help him get looks. Uh, Roquan Smith is my number two linebacker for the Bears. Uh, this kid's a stud. <laughs> this kid's a stud. I was praying that the Bears would take him in the draft, and they did, which was awesome. It was a great oh, pick. Me too. Great pick. Me I know. Too. I know you were because we were on the phone talking. We 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 sat on the phone the entire draft and just talked the whole time. Watched the entire first round. It was great. Um, but yeah, Roquan Smith, very high on him. But my number one, if I had to pick one, is Bradley Chubb, uh, the defensive end, picked third by the Broncos. I or was it fourth? Fourth. He was picked fourth because Darnold was third. Yeah. Uh I, I think this kid's a stud very much like Miles Garrett. Uh though I think the Broncos team is better than the Browns team last year and they need an an outside rush, an outside an edge rusher like Bradley Chubb. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna just show how talented he really is and win this I think he'll win the defensive rookie of the year. So yeah. I, obviously, Roquan's on your list. Uh, who, who else do you I do got? have Roquan on my list. Um, let's let's do it the same way we did Defensive Player of the Year, 3-1. to one. Okay. Um, Third, I wrote down uh, Bradley Chubb. Okay. Um, I think he's going to – I like you said, I think he's got – Oh! I, I, I spilled some Mountain Dew. My Mountain oh, Dew! Oh, no. We got, <laughs> we got a Dew drop. Mountain Dew! Not a lot. Just a few drops. So we're good, guys. Sorry. Go ahead. That's right. We're, we're, we're reckless out here today, Mitch. What are we doing? We are. We're all over the place. Um, yeah, so I have Bradley Chubb down, and uh, I think with him playing opposite of Von Miller is really going to help um, the penetration that he can get on an offensive line. Um, and he's big and fast. He's like 270 with outside linebacker speed. I mean, defensive lineman size with linebacker speed is a deadly combination. And I really, I really like Bradley Chubb as well. Um, number two, I put Roquan Smith, um, a little bit of a Homer pick, but oh, no, I'm going to help. It is not a Homer pick. He's a, he's a stud. The best linebacker yeah, he, drafted know, in this draft for sure. And Oh, by far. I, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to have himself a great year. Oh yeah. Taken eighth in the, in the draft by, uh, Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, my number one was your honorable mention. It's Derwin James. Or, yeah, Derwin James. Oh, really? Okay. So we were really yeah, like-minded I think, on this. Yeah, there you go. I Derwin James, I think, will win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, just the, you know, being in a good defense also that's going to be playing in a division that's going to throw the ball, I think, a fair amount. That's a good um, point. That's is really point. going to help him. So uh, I I really like Derwin James too, and I also think that he's a top ten talent that slipped. I like him better than Minka Fitzpatrick really? personally. Oh, okay, um, there, I think I like Fitzpatrick more, uh, but I, I the fact that Derwin James fell to the Chargers where they're at was a huge steal, and we talked about that when he got drafted. That we both felt that way. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, it was like okay, this has got to be it. Okay, well, no, he didn't go. All right, well, mm-hmm. two picks down the road. These guys are here. They might take him. Oh, no, they didn't take him again. Yeah. So it's, yeah, he slipped and fell a lot. And I really think that um, he's going to have a chance to shine in that really, really good uh, Chargers defense playing in a division 
that throws the ball a fair amount. Yeah, and so, that's a good that's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point. All those teams, Raiders, Chiefs, and Denver are going to be throwing the ball a lot, and that's going to help him or hurt him. Maybe it'll expose I, him, but I think it's going to help him. He's a great player. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> sure. I do want to mention. Uh, so in the last five years, I I, I looked at the stats of all all the uh, defensive rookies and offensive rookies. Uh, three out of the last five defensive rookie of the year have made the Pro Bowl. Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Peters, and Aaron Donald. Uh, so, and if you look at offensive rookies, which we'll talk about in a second, every single one of the last five offensive rookie of the years have made the Pro Bowl that same season, uh, which was interesting to look at. So I was just curious about that. So not a, you don't have to make the Pro Bowl to be the defensive rookie of the year. But it is more than likely that you will, obviously, because you're going to have yourself a great season. Like Marshawn Lattimore had five right. interceptions last year uh, as a rookie. That's and a touchdown, <laughs> defensive touchdown. That's great. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's some good, like you said, good defensive players this year. Oh, uh, absolutely. This is very deep, very deep defensive. Uh, very class. deep indeed. So talking about offense, uh, this list was a lot easier to make. A lot, a lot easier to make. And the reason why is if you actually look at history in the last five years, we've only had one quarterback win offensive rookie of the year. And that was Dak, uh, Dak Prescott. But we've had three running backs and one wide receiver. So obviously Kamara last year and 2015 was Gurley, 2014 Odell Beckham Jr. And 2013, Eddie Lacy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Poor Eddie Lacy, who probably Poor isn't on a team Eddie anymore. Lacey. What a fall from shame. Um, or fall from the top, I guess. Uh, so, it's not a guarantee that it's going to be a quarterback. In fact, it's more likely that a running back will win this because it's easier for a young running back to produce than it is a young quarterback. Ha- having said that, Mitch, who are you looking at as Offensive Rookie of the Year? So, I wrote down one name. And I will add to it um, as we discuss okay. this. I wrote down Saquon. I mean, okay, Saquon yeah. Barkley. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got the best chance, the best opportunity, the best talent um, uh-huh. to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, I will add that I will put, and I'm willing to put this down, any one of those four rookie quarterbacks also any of in them. the conversation. Any of them. Um, just because wow. I think that the situation that each one of them's in, they have an opportunity to play. And I think that if all it takes is one of them to have a good year, right? So, um, and I think of those, uh, Sam Darnold has the best opportunity out of them. Uh, well, cause we basically know he's starting. We don't know, but we basically know he's starting week one and Josh right. Allen will also most likely start week one, but right. Darnold's but all it takes, but all it takes sure is for them to have a good year. I mean, and that that's, possible i guess i guess it's tougher to do it in buffalo just with the weapons that he has uh for josh mm-hmm. allen but i think that it, it's definitely possible and so you know i'd put darnold and allen probably those first two right there followed by mayfield yeah. and then josh rosen um okay because there's more of a sure thing in the in arizona than anywhere else with sam bradford being there um uh-huh. in my opinion i not that tarod taylor is a bad quarterback but i think right. that He's more sustainable, or he's a little bit less sustainable, or more replaceable. So right, right. Um, well, and also that's based on what Baker Mayfield has shown in preseason, and Josh Rosen hasn't shown enough to like right. make you want to start him over Sam Bradford. Though he most likely, because Sam Bradford is injured every six months, so he's it's about time 
It's, it's about time for his injury to come. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll he'll and, he'll break some bone we haven't heard of before, or tear some ligament right. we didn't know was there, and yeah. it'll be devastating. And Josh Rosen will get his opportunity. Right. But um, yeah. So but Saquon uh-huh. easily the the safest pick there, I guess. Oh for yeah, that absolutely. Award. So there's no others besides Saquon, and I, I tried to look at these other running backs, and the only one I would have said was Darius Geis, who is out this whole season. Uh, but was there any other running backs or even wide receivers that you even thought about here? Because, I mean, we look at Kamara was, what, a second-round pick last year? So I yeah. went back and looked at some of those second-round picks, but I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in any of them. Yeah, but I think what Kamara was was one of those instances where it was just an overlooked guy. And uh-huh. um, I don't think we have that this year. I think it was okay. I don't think we have a guy that's overlooked. I I don't feel good about putting Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore in this conversation, right? Um, and probably I would feel even better about putting DJ Moore in the conversation because there's not the big target that Julio Jones is there in Atlanta. So you, you know. It, I don't, but I don't feel comfortable putting either one of those guys in there, and so I, I would lean Saquon over anyone else, and it's yeah. not even close. Yeah, I got you. I mean, Saquon's a clear number one for me, uh, just because, like we said, running backs win this award more often. It's easier for them to produce, and they're better at the beginning of their careers than almost any other position. So I, I think sure. this is Saquon's award to lose for sure. Some of the other running backs I looked at, maybe Rashad Penny, but I'm not high on Seattle or their offensive line for that matter. So I don't know how well he's going to perform. And Chris Carson has played really well, so he's going to have to compete there. Nick Chubb was the only other running back that I thought could maybe Ugh. have a job enough to produce to be considered uh, because Duke Johnson ahead of him is, is kind of like in Carlos Hyde. I mean, there's not a lot there that really makes you think that he couldn't compete, uh, though I'm not super, super high on Chubb. I, I do like him. Uh, I put DJ Moore in this conversation, and the only reason why is because I don't, as a Panthers fan, I don't think he's going to have an amazing season by any by any means. But he does not have a true number one in front of him in Devin Funches. I don't think Devin Funches is a true number one. He is a great red zone target. He will get touchdowns. I think that's what Devin Funches is going to bring. But DJ Moore, I mean, Carolina feels like they found the new Steve Smith. That is how the team feels about DJ Moore, which is huge Hmm. because Steve Smith is the greatest wide receiver in Carolina history and one of the greatest receivers in the last 20 years. That's a huge thing to say about this rookie. That's how they feel about DJ Moore. And the fact that they have that much confidence in him makes me feel confident that they are going to be looking at him as a viable option throughout the season. So he has the he has the the potential and the opportunity to produce at a very high level this season. Will he? And that's the question about him being a rookie, but he's going to have the opportunity. I think they're going to throw him the ball. Uh, so I did throw DJ Moore in that conversation. As far as quarterbacks go, there's only two that I even feel comfortable mentioning, and that's Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. I think Allen will play the most of this, the, the majority of this season. I do not think he will play super well. I think he'll be decent. I don't think he's going to be a bad quarterback, but enough to win rookie of the year. Probably not. Darnold will play the majority of the season. I think he will have himself a decent season. Good enough to be considered at this award. And Baker Mayfield, 
probably won't play all this year. But if he did, I think, you know, and barring what happens with him and Terod Taylor, I think there's a possibility that he could win this award. But I do agree. I do understand your point with like Josh Allen's going to have more opportunity than Baker. They feel therefore a, a higher probability of winning the award. I just don't think he's going to have that good of a season because Buffalo's not a good team. Right. <laughs> I mean, and neither uh, are the Jets. Yeah. I guess. I see but, that. Uh, I just think Darnold's better. I, I think I think Darnold's just a better quarterback. So, yeah. But Saquon, it's it's Saquon's award to lose. That's for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Um, let's. So we have two left: comeback player of the year and coach of the year. Let's do comeback player of the year. Okay. Let's go. So. Basically, this award just comes down to somebody who had an either really, really bad year or basically got injured. It's who got injured and came back and had a good year. So, I mean, like Aaron Rodgers could obviously win this award because he was injured most of last year. So, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I put down one name, and that was Andrew Luck, who's oh, going God. to a Pro Bowl this year. So there's ample. I mean, he was out all last year. So this is the perfect example of a comeback player of the year. He has himself a decent to good season he could win this award so uh yeah andrew luck he's going to a pro bowl so he's gonna win he's not going to a pro bowl get that out of your mind he's not going it is to a in pro my bowl. mind it is set in stone mitch no 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 i wrote down one name and that's david johnson so Ooh, i wrote there, down. Th- there's an, there's another good one absolutely and i think just the contribution that he has to that offense and it's not like he's coming off a significant injury he's coming off a broken thumb so yeah so he if he's if his thumb is <laughs> his little tiny appendage is okay he's going to be the same player i yeah. i think at least i mean it sounds Should like be. he is yeah so um where andrew luck is coming off a significant injury um, that not only affects, not only is it's not like a knee or anything. He hurt his shoulder, which right. is what you need. You kind of need that to play quarterback <laughs> to in throw the NFL. Football. A little to, bit, yeah. Little, to like do bit. anything in the NFL, you need your shoulder. <laughs> and so, I mean, Ronnie Lott cut off a finger and still played football. Yeah. And David Johnson had a hurt thumb. Oh, oh no, he had a hurt thumb. <laughs> He had a hurt thumb. He, yeah, to me, it's David Johnson. If he has yeah. anywhere close to the production that he had in 2016, it's a no-brainer that he's going to be the comeback player of the year. No, that's a good one as well. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Like like Wayne mentioned, sure. was injured yeah. last year. He is. A, there are a lot of high-caliber, high-tier names that could win this award uh, just because yeah. we had so many big names get injured last year. Uh, like we've mentioned. So yeah, there, there's a ton, there's a ton of possibility here and it kind of just depends on who has the best season, I guess. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, like I said, I think if Aaron Rodgers wins MVP, he'll win offensive player of the year and comeback player of the year. Get the three P just, just sweep them all. He'll probably win coach of the year too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so coach, speaking of coach of the year, coach of the year. Now last year it was uh, Sean McVay. With the Rams, obviously a huge turnaround as a first-year coach. Um, looking at the last five years, we had Sean McVay, Rams went 11-5. Jason Garrett the year before, the Cowboys went 13-3 and because they were kind of a surprise team uh, with, with Dak and Zeke. Uh, you had Ron Rivera the year before with the 15-1 and Panthers. That's obvious. 
Uh, Bruce Arians at 11 and 5 with the Cardinals the year before. And then before that was Ron Rivera again with the Panthers in 2013 at 12 and 4. Because uh, they were a team that kind of, I think they were like 6 and 10 or something the year before and then bounced to, to 12 and 4. So this is a lot of a team that exceeded expectations, right? So based on that criteria, or it was just clearly the best team, like the 15 and 1 Panthers or the, you know, so. So based on that criteria, Mitch, who are you looking at as coach of the year? Well, I took that both of those criteria into consideration, and so I picked one for each scenario. Do they pick oh, one okay. where they're the there better team, or one where it's a bounce, or you know, an unexpected team? And you know how high I am on the Raiders, right? So I picked John Gruden. Oh, that, that's a yeah, that's a year. great example. Um, that you know, because I'm so high on the Raiders, and I think that they are going to be a lot better than what people expected. John Gruden should be a shoe in almost for that because people are, if they go 10 and six and make a playoff, that's going to be a heck of a lot more than what people, a lot of people are holding them at right now. Especially after going five and 11 last year. Sure. So yeah, you know, that, that improvement is, is huge. So, right. And so I had uh, John Gruden and then I have another guy who I think probably could have won it last year and didn't because Sean McVay, was in LA. I wrote down Doug Marone, uh, head coach okay. of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, there you go. Um, so I and I, I really like what he's doing over there in Jacksonville. So um, I think that he's a very viable option for the coach of the year. So I picked one from each scenario. You know. Yeah. That no. Could, that's that could not. That's be the super case, good. But, you know. No. I mean, it's hard to predict this award. It's just kind of like what teams were looking at to exceed expectations, like you said, or improve drastically, uh, or just be the best team in the league. So uh, for coach of the year, as far as my exceed expectation pick, it was Kyle Shanahan, who is the coach of the San Francisco 49ers, because this is the team that went six and 10 last year. And yes, they have higher expectations for sure, but just improving to like a 10 and six record, I think would be enough to, you know, you look at like what the Rams improved with Sean McVay. I think Kyle Shanahan is a candidate for that. I didn't even think of Gruden, but that is a great example of, you know, a team that had a down year can improve a lot. Um, as far as other guys I'm looking at, uh, Anthony Lynn, who's the coach of the Chargers. I'm really high on the Chargers. I think that they get to like 12 and four, 13 and three, they could compete there. Uh, Mike Zimmer, uh, coach of the Vikings, because I think they'll be a top tier team. And Sean McVay as well could win it again if you know if they go thirteen and three or fourteen and two, and they're by and far the best team in the league. Then yeah, you have to. It's like Ron Rivera in twenty fifteen. You go fifteen and one, you're winning the award. You know, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. No, no matter no matter how much a team improves, you, you you do that well. You're clearly the best team that you know that that means that stands for something. So, uh, yeah. So to, like I said, it's just kind of depend on on how the season shakes up. But there are yeah. I, I think Gruden's a great pick. I think Shanahan's a great pick. As far as, is there any other teams that you think might exceed expectations like that and push for and or make the playoffs? that you think would warrant a coach winning that award besides the Raiders and the Niners? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there is one, to be honest with you. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe, uh, and disgusting saying it, Hugh Jackson. 
I mean, I mean, you go from zero and sixteen to seven and nine, or even six and ten, and I think you got to think yeah, about it. Sure, right? why not? The just the yeah, the vast improvement from one year to the next. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if anyone's won Coach of the Year with a losing record. I, Is that? I don't know. <laughs> like, That's a good question. I mean that. Right, but I mean, if you if he improves by seven games and they go seven and nine, and you look at like other teams that improved maybe three or four, you know what? that were decent that became playoff. You know teams, what? Like, how, it's another. I don't know. You know what's that, another coach that could probably win is Pat Shermer for the Giants. Um, because you're very high on the I, Giants. I am. I'm a little very bit higher high. than everyone else, and I think that they definitely have the talent um, to do it and to turn around. And I think. Um, Pat Shermer is going to be one of those pl- coaches that you know could turn a team around in a year and maybe be an um, option for that type of award. Yeah, well, I mean, and we're looking at a team that went three and thirteen last year, so they have a lot of room to improve. So a nine and seven, ten and six year—that's, I mean, we're talking about the same leap that uh, as an zero and sixteen to seven and nine Browns team can make, but a team that actually be over five hundred. So I think that's a great pick. The one I was thinking of was Pete Carroll and the Seahawks because most everybody is really low on the Seahawks right. this year, like really low. And so if they came out of nowhere and went 10 and six and were a wild card team, I think that might be enough to be like, Hey, that, you know, that was a shock. Nobody expected that. I think that might be, and it's, I think they're capable of it because they've, they've won before. He knows how to win. Russell Wilson's the top three quarterback in the league. Like I think that is, not out of the question, like saying the Lions are somehow going to be good, right. you know. So that was the only name that I uh, that I thought of, just because of the low expectations we have for the Seahawks. So that, ladies and gentlemen, friends, listeners, that that's our that's our NFL award predictions. Let us know what you think um, of these awards. Who you think is going to win them? What you think of our picks and predictions? And be sure to do that on our Twitter and our Instagram, which is what are the, what, what what's what's the handles? That for those? is what are the links? Instagram to at the Sports Hour Guys and on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. Yes, and the reason why there's no the in the Twitter is because the Twitter handle name can only be so long; it would not fit right. the Sports Hour Guys. I tried to make I tried to make them the same, but I didn't. So just, it happens. It happens. Just. just just so, just so you know, uh, yeah. Well, this has been this has been fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this top five mo- sports movie list. These NFL award predictions. Like I said, let us know your thoughts on those. Be tuned next week. Uh, we'll we'll still talk NFL next week. It'll be it'll be week one of the NFL. So we're we're gonna come up with something. We're gonna ride this NFL train because it is. We're both well, stoked for this. Oh, upcoming so season, stoked! So. And I got a little segment in mind to do for the start of the NFL season. So stay tuned for that. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure to subscribe on Apple podcasts or listen to us on simple cast. Share with your friends. Anybody, you know, who likes sports, just just share it. We're we're chill. We're chill dudes, right? I I think I'm pretty chill. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jordan Fox of the pigskin plug which is a great little website blog. You guys can go follow him on Twitter at pigskin. Is it the pigskin? Uh, I'm going to look this up before I, before I try to give him the wrong Twitter handle name, but he gave us 
a really nice shout out in an article he wrote about the best fantasy football podcast. And that's Jordan, right. I want to let you know from Mitch and I both that we very much appreciated your words uh, and, and the little shout out you gave us. So be sure you guys, if you want fantasy football takes, if you want fantasy football information, opinions, be sure to check out uh, the pigskin plug on Twitter. You can follow him. Yeah, it is at the pigskin plug. Uh, and the website is the pigskinplug.com. We will link that in the description so you can have that there. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for fantasy football tips, opinions, takes, be sure to check uh, Jordan and his great website out. All right. That's right. Well, folks, it's been real. Don't die this weekend in anticipation for the upcoming NFL season. Oh, and yeah. We will... <laughs> and we will catch you next week. See ya.